indie game dev fans, welcome to another episode of Live Booleans. I was about to say Cafe Booleans, but this is the live segment. The not recorded live, the actually recorded further in the past than Cafe episodes are. Um, Costa, have you ever stopped to wonder why we call it live? Because we record it live and in the flesh. This is true. This is true. Just like everything else we do, we do it live. Um, <laughs> Absolutely butchered. Yeah, butchered. So, I mean, what, what would be the... It's like an RTS podcast. Like, uh, no, no, turn-based podcast. Where the RTS podcast instead of a turn-based podcast where you would have to record your bit, send it to the guest, get them to respond to it. Is that the only thing that makes us live is that we don't do that? I think you need more sleep. I think that's what you need. <laughs> Before we answer any of these questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the hard-hitting stuff. This is why people tune in to live audience. Just to know what that means. Anyway, welcome. How are you, Costa? I'm good. How are you? You got enough sleep? I never get enough sleep, but that's 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 why we do this. Um, to not get enough sleep, I guess. Um, anywho, fans of horror games, fans of indie horror games, uh, you are in for a treat this episode. This should have come out around Halloween, but... That's all right. That's what it's Halloween in in August or in September. It's in October. No, I'm saying this episode is Halloween in September. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, if you're a fan of indie games and horror games, um, this episode is sure to delight you. Um, we are talking with Chef, better known as Chef, <laughs> also known as um, Chef, Joaquin, aka Chef. AKA Chef, uh, Joaquin Lundstrom from the Adelaide Game Developer Discord. I'm very sorry if I butchered your name. Uh, he's about to tell us all how to pronounce. No, he doesn't. He told us that beforehand and I probably still butchered it. Um, anyway, very friendly guy, amazing guy, um, very experienced. And um, yeah, he's been working on this game, Partum Artifacts, for the better part of, at least the better part of a year, probably longer. Um, and just it's a beautiful, horror game similar to I don't even know what we'd even say it's similar to atmospherically it's like a walking simulator horror can you think mm. of anything uh it's kind of like those new new-ish horror games like Outlast and where it's kind of like uh, a bit of bit of adventure a bit of walking uh mm. narrative driven for sure but yeah it's that's a thing Puzzle yeah, based. it's like a puzzle based. It's kind of like the, the speed it walks and everything. It's like a phasmophobia, but yeah, that a lot cool. prettier. As in, uh, like we're talking, you know, Resident Evil Seven looking graphics and a lot more story. A lot more story, and it's not based on jump scares and things like that. Anyway, we won't blow it for you. We'll get him, the creator himself, to explain it. Um, this was a really fun episode. I didn't want to stop it. Yeah, I love doing the deep dive into what uh, influenced the game and also mm -hmm. uh, just the chef's uh, introduction <laughs> into, into, you know, video games and game development um, and, you know, 
just how that you know his previous experiences of working on another horror game that was quite successful and how his learnings from that has um, shaped this game as well so yeah it's a lot about chef a lot about the game a lot about just horror and narrative in general which is always a really cool deep dive to do mm. yeah so with that take us away cue us out john and uh let's bring in the chef Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how I pronounce it, at least. It's uh, it's uh, Latin. Well, it's supposed to be Latin, I guess. Um, and um, yeah, partum artifacts. What does that mean? <laughs> so it, um, I really wanted there to be a Latin name for some reason uh, when I made this game. Uh, well, it started out as a game jam entry uh, a year ago. Uh, it was hosted by uh, Senscape, um, which are the creators of uh, Scratches and are currently working on um, Asylum, which is like a, a point-and-clicky kind of horror-set game, uh, adventure game. And um, the game jam was uh, under the, uh, the theme of adventurous uh, game jam. So... The um, the inspiration for Partum Artifacts was basically um, I really wanted there to be a lot um, to come from the game Scratches, which takes place in this house in the middle of nowhere. This um, writer needs to write a book and he arrives and spooky things occurs. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted there to be sort of like a similar setup that you the take the game takes place uh in this house in the middle of nowhere. And um so uh I started out by um brainstorming <laughs> like what would the the game even be? Mm. Um so, um, apologies. I'm a little bit my 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 thoughts are everywhere right now. <laughs> I'm trying to find like a start, but basically, what I came up with was that I wanted to design a game based on the antagonist, and the and the antagonist itself was going to be like the focus of the game. So mm. the game was all designed around him as a character. So. Um, he's this artist, lost artist that is, um, who's been lost in like, um, ah, uh, what do you call it? Damn it. Ah, uh. <laughs> mm. um, like, uh, he had an awful childhood growing up and so mm. forth. And now he feels like he wants to, um, he wants to show off his art and tell his story that he's been. Uh, he had his time growing up, but also using his art to kind of tell and teach people um, how the system doesn't really work. Like this support net that we are mm. supposed to have doesn't always work. Uh, mm. With, for example, 
Um, uh, well, like, uh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you describe uh, it in the description, it's like a, so it's a puzzle horror game that features creative yeah. and challenging <clears throat> puzzles while telling a gruesome story about a failed artist. Now he wants people to see his new kind of art, something that will surely grab everyone's attention. And, and you can see that in the, the logo, the clever use of the word mm. art in Parton and yeah. Artifacts. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to try to get there eventually. Uh, yeah. So when the Latin name, if we go back to it, um, mm. I really wanted this um, to be with creative. Like he, as mm. an artist, is creative. And one of the words were um, partum. Mm. Well, it's just like, oh, oh, you even got the the word art in there. And it's just like, that's perfect. I can use that for the logo. Um and then I was just like, okay, let's try and find a second word for it. So I just tried a few words. And I think the second one was artist. And it came out as artifacts. And it was just like, wow, okay, that yeah. is just <laughs> way too much of a coincidence to not try and work that into the logo. <laughs> and the beauty so, is it's Latin, which means you don't have to then translate that into other languages. Yeah. It's like everywhere around the world <laughs> has the exact same logo. Yeah. Uh, it's so, it was just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost like a, it's like, um you know, like when people create a, a horror game, because you said it's it's like the about the antagonist, it's about the bad guy. So, mm. you, you know, normally you'd create a game about the good guy. And then if the game's successful, you make a prequel that maybe explains <laughs> the bad guy. It's like you've made the prequel yeah. first and, you know, you could make a follow-up <clears throat> game about another person that exists in this world to be like, nah, this is actually the bad guy, you know? Mm, exactly. Um, because it, the game itself is all about how he invites this, uh, well, you, I, I guess, <laughs> you as the player, he invites you into his art display. And it turns out that he, the, his entire art display that he really wants to show off is something that you need to finish for him. Mm. And one of the arts uh, that he's like, experimenting with in this scenario is games like he's mm. turned this into his house into a, this massive puzzle in a way for you to then finish the artwork itself mm. um and that's where um the game starts basically mm. what, what are your kind of major influences on the game like to me to me i hear this kind of game of puzzles and i just think um who's the dude uh What's that movie? Saw, you know, and the- Oh, the absolutely. Um, yeah. That is one of them, absolutely. Because that's, yeah, it's it's very focused around the antagonist. Mm -hmm. And there's this character, uh, well, he as a character really feel like it's a message he wants to come, like toss around. Mm -hmm. um, and that is very similar to the Saw series, how he's just, uh, he's giving these people a chance. Um while my antagonist might not really give them much of a chance, <laughs> mm. um, there is definitely that little like focus around the antagonist and how his twisted mind uh, mm. forces people to do things that, um, well, are not pretty. <laughs> mm. So, is your do you like play horror games? Is that the the motivation for you to want to create a like kind of in this, you know, horror genre or? Um, I always well? loved uh, horror 
in general, mm. horror movies and stuff like that. And that goes back to my childhood being the most scared kid ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I was afraid of basically everything. Yep. And growing up, of course, that um, like I was afraid of StarCraft. Like, yeah, I was yeah. afraid of the cutscenes in StarCraft. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's growing up, yeah, exactly. It was just like, oh, no, this is horrible. Everyone is going to die. <laughs> so, it's... Um, You've come a long way, though. Like, now you're making this kind of really scary <laughs> yeah, stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, well, I hope so. Um, yeah. The reason why I'm so... I love it so much is because of uh, those feelings that I felt when I was a kid. Mm. Um, they are just so primal mm. that, like, it. it's one of those feelings that I really want to other people to explore because they are kind of... Um, they are really hard to get right because, mm. like, it's easy to, to use jump scares all the time to just make people startled. But making people terrified and actually, like shaken that's mm. what got me so interested in making like horror games and that's why i've gotten i i have this love for horror movies horror books and horror games mm. so it, it's been a thing for me for <laughs> for many years now mm. um very very much so for horror game yeah so, I, oh go on alex oh sorry i was just like it's um the thing that you know got a you know that we became aware of with the one is you know because very active member of the adelaide game discord game developer discord so you know we're always seeing the updates um on it but it's um you're very unassuming as in like the you know the game is beautiful like <laughs> we're really shocked like not yeah. not as a yeah no not as just a reflection of um of yourself and like your your, your talents of course but that it could come out of Adelaide, you know, or <laughs> it's just so well put together and, and it's, you know, been so quiet. And You're then putting we, down Adelaide, Alex? <laughs> no, it's just because, well, I, I might be jumping ahead of myself here, but are, are you are you working by yourself on this game? I am, I've been working by, um, by myself for like a year now. I got a sound, um, sound designer and a guy who, it's the same guy who's, doing the voices it's doing the sound effects and he's also writing all of the music wow uh he's an incredible person um frederick hathian hathian i think is mm. <laughs> how you would pr pronounce his name uh yeah, yeah. and um but other than that it's all it's just been me See that's and, crazy. Um, that's like yeah. it, for it to just be you. That's 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 kind of where this uh, perception <laughs> of like, wow, this is that's, from like one person. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, got, I definitely have to defend myself with the Adelaide <laughs> comment. It's not the reflection <laughs> of the Adelaide skill. It's the fact that this game is getting developed and it's it's not being talked about more. And by yeah, you know, true, true, one true, or true. two people. Um, and you know, I implore everyone who's listening to, while you're listening to it, look up the clips on, you know, YouTube and see it. Because then the other surprising thing is the game's not out yet, but you've got streamers, there's videos online of 122,000 views, mm. 76,000 views of these streamers mm. playing it. And the game's not even like out yet. How did, mm. how did that come about? Was that just luck that one streamer picked it up or was that an effort to get someone to play it? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a whole ton of luck. Like I said, the game, the game was made during a game jam and mm. that's the version that everyone was playing on mm. YouTube. Uh, I didn't really reach out to anyone um, 
I guess the itch.io because that's where we posted the the games um, for the game jam. Um, I posted it there as part of the the game jam, and um, I honestly have no idea because I didn't really reach out to anyone. Mm. Um, people kind of picked it up, I guess, from like the the newest releases of horror games, and like if I managed to make the thumbnail look interesting or something like mm. that. Um, mm. But eventually, I guess one of the <clears throat> the bigger YouTubers picked it up and played it and had decent um, feedback about it too. Um, I wouldn't say that, like, I know for a fact that the game is not really the typical streamer and YouTuber-friendly content, as in it's not much um, to react on in the Game Jam version, because Mm. you're basically just walking around solving puzzles. There's Mm. no threats at all, and there's no, like, real scares either. It's just a very heavy atmosphere. So... Yeah, it's just, I think I was just very lucky, to be honest, when it comes to that. And it's one of the top comments on uh, one of the streamers who are playing your game says just that. It says a horror game without jump scares, relying entirely on atmosphere and psychological tension. Hell yes. And kudos on your puzzle solving skills. So it's it's definitely resonating with people that they want to play a horror game, but not have these, as you said, these uh, typical streamer like jump scares, the Markiplier or like just a like, walking simulator of like you're just walking and you you know it's not much puzzle solving, <laughs> just pure yeah. scares. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, it's been a thing with me um, trying to create games for a while when it comes in um, to the horror genre is to kind of think about them more as thr- thrillers. If you look mm. at the definition of like movies, um, when uh, so I'm much more keen to create an atmosphere that makes people feel like terror and mm. paranoia and, and uh, feelings like that rather than just feeling like they have to, uh, like, what do you call it? Like, uh, flight, flight or fight, <laughs> like mm. reactions mm. Yep, 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 of yep, the yep. typical jump scares or like that enemy that is constantly following you and trying to kill you. Um, I really want to say, uh, like tell a story that is pretty mm. much down to earth like this is something that could actually happen there's no paranormal elements to it Um, it's like the the human connection and and the the kind of it's a person who's twisted in a way exactly exactly and i Mm. think and i honestly think that is like the the most scary thing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when it comes right. to like, it's the real world. It's us. And it's so cliche to say, but like uh, us humans are the true monsters because mm. there's some really, really sick people out there <laughs> that are doing really, really yep. sick things that are absolutely <laughs> terrifying. And we can't even start to imagine how horrible those people, like the victims of those people are. Yeah, that's right. And it's just like, mm. And try to tell a story like that, I think, is more um, effective and hard to do mm. uh, than just having like a single enemy or stuff like that, something to run away from. Have you, from a story perspective, have you found it challenging to bring 
that human approach to the to the antagonist you know not so like you, you talked about kind of typical horror games and it's typically like jump scares and it's the the characters are kind of one dimensional in the way where it's like the the enemy is just the enemy and it's there to scare you mm. have you have you found it a challenge to kind of make the antagonist quite uh you know twisted and like something that you can almost not sympathize with but you know see where they've coming where they're coming from mm. <clears throat> sorry um so with this antagonist i felt that it was very important to um uh to make sure that it's just like it's not just someone who um oh god (laughs) Mm. um i felt that it was important to make him like something actually happened to him Mm. to turn him this way because nobody really just decide one day that like oh eh, you know i'm just gonna go out into the woods with an axe and just see if someone (laughs) is walking about yeah you know Uh, today i feel like murdering people uh (laughs) no so like his backstory um, mm. is very important. Uh, all of the artworks and stuff that he creates, um, you will get to, like, they are based on his um, life stories and events. And he's actually telling and being very upfront with, this is what I have been through. This is why the system failed me when I was reaching out for help. I didn't get any help after experiencing all of these things. And now I feel like it's up to me to like send that message across. Mm-hmm. So through the puzzles, he will tell his story and what he's done in a like, yeah, and it's going to be pretty gruesome, of course, as mm-hmm. well. And it's definitely something that's going to, I feel like, resonate in this, you know, current era. Not, not saying that everyone out there is a serial killer, but that idea of <laughs> they're, you know, not being listened to. There's not a solution to what they're feeling. Like everyone being so polarized at the moment, this definitely mm. feels like this is going to, like you said before, unlock some kind of like primal, primal feeling, some kind of like childlike horror of just, mm. you know, not being understood, you know, these kind of, not these kind of elements. Yeah. Mm. Uh, absolutely. Um, like, <clears throat> I think I lost my thought. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> my okay. train of thought there. Right. <laughs> oh, I'll come back. So, with the uh, with the game being, you know, about art, let's talk about the art of the game because it's a very beautiful, atmospheric game. And um, like, what's your your work on this game? Like your um your background on this? Your um where you fit into, I don't know, obviously you're working on pretty much the whole game, um, but that atmosphere, like building that atmosphere, how does that come about, about the art and the quality and things like that? Mm, so, uh, something that I do need to point out that is very important for people, um, that, yeah, while the game is looking very pretty, um, I have been blessed enough by Father Epic games um <laughs> that their unreal store and their assets are every now and again uh, every month really they just give out free asset packs mm. and i've been hoarding these free ones for i don't know maybe 
two, two or three years. Mm. And eventually you get such a, a big amount of assets that like you can create something that uh, look co cohesion, coherent, um, that <laughs> looks, yeah. Uh, and uh, I really wanted there to be a realistic look to the game. And mm. that on its own is uh, a technical uh, horror <laughs> to go through. But yeah, I haven't, like me personally, there's not much 3D uh, mm. that I've, I've made for this project. It's just managed. Uh, it's just happened to be. Um, I happen to be very lucky to be able to find such high quality assets mm. and that fit into like what I want to tell. Uh, yeah, I, I was gonna say I, lo I love that because there's so there's always so many packs on on Unreal, and it's good to see people utilizing them. And it's good to see that it's not kind of. You know, because some people take the approach, obviously, they have a certain uh, vision in mind in terms of, you know, from an artistic direction, but you're really taking it from the narrative and kind of um, environment uh, and, and puzzle mechanic approach where you can utilize existing assets and, and just build it, the rest of it out. And someone looking at it wouldn't even think that it's from, a you know, an asset pack, which is just awesome. Yeah, I think that is the, the biggest problem with people, at, at least... Um indie developers is that there's um there's been a flood of um asset flips <laughs> on on various game uh, platforms that is just buying an asset pack using the demo level and they'll just be like oh let's put our uh, first person shooter base that we bought as well and just toss it on steam mm -hmm. uh, and i think Many of us know, like if you check some of the games that you're like you, you um you recognize the same houses being used mm. in various games, um. But I feel that like indie game uh, developers, they they shouldn't be too afraid of using asset packs, um, because um, I mean if you look at a game, I think it's called. Now I need to look it up. Oh no. Um, it was released recently. Chernobylite, okay, um, okay, is a game that is taking. It, it's very stalker-like, uh, and mm. it, it's a brilliant game. Uh, and it's it's not an well, maybe they're indie. Uh, they're they're a big team at least, and they got a budget. And um, I played it uh, after release, and I noticed that they used assets that I own myself <laughs> mm. in their game and it's just like oh well would you look at that <laughs> but it, it's, it's just like cool yeah. yeah it's cool that mm. you can like it, it doesn't matter what assets it is because <clears throat> it's it's everything else around it it's the it's the mechanics it's the narrative it's it's everything else that actually makes the game unique and different yeah exactly and i think it's also how you like it's how you use those assets as well like I said, mm. if you just um, use one asset pack and you use the demo level, like, yeah, people are going to start to notice that pattern. But if you use it as a part of something bigger, like mm. to really blend it in with your atmosphere and your sceneries and, and so on, I don't see the bad in that. I think mm. people should embrace it a little bit more. Definitely. And it's definitely a... Um, it's a... It's kind of indicative of who leads the project sort of thing of like for an indie team, because 
you know, if you're an artist who wants to work, start a game and you need, you hire your team based around that, you're more likely to create your own stuff. Whereas if you're coming at it for more of a project management, a producer route, you see the value in reusing these assets. And ultimately the reuse of assets is a lot more effective. Um, like, cause, cause I come from it from a, an art point of view. And for the longest time I could not get my head around, um, asset packs. Like even when I was working on my game to the point that it would hinder me because it would take longer. And the producer would be like, it's costing more money for you to create the asset than we could to just pick it up. But it was way too precious to me. Um, and anything that kind of, uh, any, any tool that kind of outlines the hindrance in the process is very important. So, you know, this taps into that. It, it, uh, the idea of using assets, there is a strong, strong skill in being able to, as you just said, reuse assets and not have them look like they've come from something else. Mm. I think you brought up a really good point there because because I'm alone and I don't have the skills to create these high-quality assets, um, I'm just playing to my strengths. If there's someone who's an artist and feel like they um, they really need to make it themselves, like they, they feel like they need to make the assets themselves and so on, I think that is, that is great because that, in the end, will ensure that they're the assets will be unique for that project. Mm. Um, but just like with any other field, there's no um, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Um, yeah. So like if there are assets out there that are just fitting in and you can like modify the textures on them or whatever, something that makes them a little bit more unique for your project, then like, like you said, that might be cheaper than having an artist spend X amount of hours to create that exact asset that is already available. Um, mm. So that's very important. Um, it's very unique for um, uh, for projects, like depending on what you got. Uh, so there's there's a lot of that going on with my project that I'm just doing everything myself. So I'm I'm cutting corners where where I where I can and I'll take shortcuts uh, where it's needed and I play to my strengths uh, for my project. So yeah, yeah. A good point. And yeah, so the game, part of Artifacts, I encourage everyone wishlist it, uh, follow it, everything you can. It's very, very fun looking game. Very beautiful. Um, very, you know, if you're those walking ones, um, the new resident evils, if you're into them, this is for yours. For you, sorry. Um, so on that, let's kind of talk about how you got your start in games. So, you know, we're, we're touching a bit on where your skill set is. Where where do you reckon is the first crossroad in your life that went, I'm going to start pursuing games? Oh, okay. So for me, <clears throat> I think it's pretty interesting. Um, uh, way back when, when um, uh, I think... Oh no, we're at this bit again. Uh, <laughs> school, school, uh, and how it's different here. Uh, the mm, years yeah. and so on, what they are called. Uh, from the age of fifteen to eighteen um, in Sweden, you have a you can uh, choose like a uh, a focus for school, and I chose carpentry for three years, 
And already at year two, I was just like, I this is not something that I'm gonna do. I don't, I don't want to like earn money doing this. So yeah. when I was done those three years, I was just like, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Uh, it's not gonna be carpentry. Uh, so in order to get some economical support, you need to go to this place, uh, which name I can't really translate well. But like, if you if you need some economical support, you need to look for jobs and stuff like that. Mm, mm. Uh, I guess it's a job center or something like, like Centrelink kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. So mm, mm. being there uh, for like a year or so, uh, trying to just look for various works, I met this um, this lady there who worked there who was really really supportive with what I wanted to do and understand that like, oh, you don't want to do carpentry, fine. Uh, but you're going to have to look for for jobs everywhere else. And we had this discussion, like, like, what do I like in life? Like, what kind of, like, what would be your dream job? And I was just like, I don't know. I, I just really love games. I, I play games a lot and stuff like that. And she was like, well, you know, there's these, um, you can actually study to become like a game designer and we're just like what are you talking about <laughs> i'm i am the game nerd <laughs> you're you don't know anything about game what are you talking about you can't study to become yeah. anything within the gaming industry people just make games no yeah. it is not really how it went out but basically she was the one who who pointed me into like hey you can actually study and uh, get into the game industry through that way so i basically said thank you so much and i left <laughs> and i didn't really look for any jobs i applied to universities instead um and eventually i got in into um uh a uni that let me focus on game design for three years and i got my bachelor's and that's how it started really so it came out of nowhere, <laughs> mm. but it really is a chasing. Uh, I'm really chase, chasing um, a bit of a dream. <laughs> yeah, I really want to work within games, and it's um, it's you know very what do I say very good basically that it, it's working because um like when I studied game development our first day first lesson the we had a hard teacher best teacher i've ever had one of the best teachers i've ever had but was like <laughs> if you're here because you like games you're basically not going to make it like as in like this is going <laughs> to yeah. be too hard for you because making <clears throat> the game and playing the game are two different things so Absolutely. a lot of people who fit that were like who liked games dropped out so like, <laughs> the caliber of your work doesn't reflect that narrative of just because you like it doesn't mean you can make it like you're you're, yeah. you're balancing both here Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we got taught that just, I guess, pretty naturally throughout the uni that, like, because you, you pick apart games, you start to pick apart all of the games, whether it's, like, the technical things that happens beneath the, the curtains, like um, how movements and stuff like that work, for example, but, like, also the visual mm. um, of, like, how modular modeling works and how like that technical bit is just like it, you kind of ruined this little uh, 
Wizard of Oz style, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like for, the for games. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you kind of ruin it by going into game development. But I think it only encouraged me more because I've always loved like technical things like math and stuff like that, even though I'm not right on it. I've always loved all of the technical things. So it, it's just been so perfect for me because and working by myself i'm just like i need to go everywhere and it's just like it's been so interesting to work and learn um everything from sound to like yeah the visual um Mm. and stuff like that is just so interesting to me um but yeah it's uh (laughs) it's and we'll it Sorry, go on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, you. If you like games, you should not be making games. I think, mm. um, in a way, uh, of yeah. course, you need to like games to make good games because, well, it's natural. But so much like, inspiration as well you take from games when you play them. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, but- it's not. It's uh, it's it's not a job to play games. I That's feel. right. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Unless you're a playtester, and, <laughs> and even then, you're not playing games. You're trying to break that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Mm. <laughs> Roll into this wall a hundred times and mm. yeah, yeah, calculate yeah. what happens. Yeah, um, it's like what? Yeah, but no, that is it is a is a good point. The um, what you were saying, the the Wizard of Oz, man behind the curtain thing, because. Yep, like what you're saying is like if you're if you play games as an escape um, and you you want to be immersed in this world, then don't look behind the don't look at how to make the game. Like let it stay whimsical to you, you know that magic. Mm. Don't because otherwise, yeah, as game developers, like we still love games, but it it's very much the first thought is oh, how did they do that? Rather, I mean, go, oh yeah, there's a story here. Wait, let me look at this again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like I think the one game that like I love so much because of the visuals. It's um, the Vanishing of Ethan Carter. It's like mm. still for me like the most beautiful game that I've ever seen because of how realistic the environment is. Um, if you go out into the bush <laughs> now. Mm. And, like, you can clearly see, like, the differences between, like, if you walk up a steep hill. Like, you can see the difference in the um, the uh, vegetation ease and so on. Wow. The further you go up a mountain, you start to notice different flora and stuff like that. And mm. when it comes to Vanishing of Ethan Carter, I felt that I got that, but back in when I was a kid uh, in living back in Sweden, mm. like all of these different like flavors of forests that were different just to make them stand out a little bit unique. But it felt so real in how they transferred over from, from um, vegetation to vegetation. It's just like, mm. I, ki- I spend so many hours just walking around, <laughs> like really trying to study it and just be like, how did they do this? Like, how often mm. do they use this model and this model and so on? It, it's just like, oh, it's From what it's I'm looking, they, they use a lot of uh, photogrammetry apparently as well. So. Yeah, I think they were one of the first ones yeah, to wow. really push a new start. But it wasn't really, like, it was the, it was nature. It was um, mm. the trees and everything like that. It was just like, it blew me away. 
such a beautiful game. I guess you can kind of see that in terms of like, you know, this is a game that um, is all about the environment and kind of, you know, teasing out those elements through the environment. And that's that's mm. basically what you're you're putting in into your game as well. So it's a lot of inspiration. You can definitely see it going Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's taught me so much. Um, games like that um, mm. uh, taught me so much about um, like lighting, for example, or just mm. setting up a scene. Um, scenography is that what it's called? Like stuff like setting, like setting up a frame oh, that yep. looks interesting. And Cinematography, yeah, is, the kind of yeah, cinematography and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which ties together so well with level design, which is something that I uh, is one of my favorite bits when it comes to. I was going to ask actually about about your trailer. How you? I mean, obviously, it's yourself doing it. Um, how did you? What was your like process with that? And also, how, how did you go about doing the animation? Obviously, like yeah, you know, there's some hand movement. There's different things like mm. that. How, how did so, you kind of go about <clears throat> that? Yeah. Um, when it came to the trailer, um, uh, I don't know where to start really. But everything in, in the trailer is is made by me. Uh, even mm-hmm. <laughs> I had such a hard time, but I had to um, animate that hand movement myself. Yeah. It's just like it looks—it yeah, well. looks very awkward. Uh, no, it looks I had, good. It looks all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason why it looks a little bit strange, but I still like it because it stands out a little bit, mm. is because I had this completely different idea. You know that painting of. Um, God reaching out to Adam, that one, yeah, the yeah, hand yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. and how his how his finger. So I had that idea that I wanted him really to reach out to the the kids' radio because the kid is gonna be a a big central for, uh, point in mm. in the game, and I wanted him to like start the trailer and tell the story. As if he's some sort of a god figure, almost. Mm. That's why mm. his hand looks so strange. And I eventually said, like, okay, nobody's going to even notice that. <laughs> but I thought that it looked unique. and It looks strange. It's almost uncanny. Like, I know that it doesn't look great, but it looks uncanny. And that's where it's from. It's from the god's hands. If you look at the painting, it looks that's really- a- that's a cool Easter egg. That's a it cool is. Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Um, yeah, but when it comes to like the the um, cinematography and all that sort of stuff, I just really wanted it to be building atmosphere because I'm telling mm. a story. I didn't. It was. Um, it's just. A, uh, and I also kept in mind that like this is just a teaser. I don't mm. want to actually show gameplay footage. I just want there to be like, hey, this is an invitation for the game. So there's not, it's just a bunch of like showing the environments and stuff like yeah. that. And like a little bit about the yeah. mechanics. Um, too, too many people I feel show too much too quickly. Even in, even in Hollywood, you know, mo- movie trailers these days, they give away the entire movie. Like, That's true. I miss the you know the the kind of teaser where it doesn't even really explain what the story is. It's you know very briefly just kind of teases the environment, some characters, a little bit, but it mm. leaves you wanting more, and that's that's the kind of beauty of a of a good trailer, I reckon. Mm. Mm. I mean, if if it's a teaser, absolutely. Mm. Um, 
the negative, I guess, with a trailer like that is that you don't really show anything. Like, nobody yeah. will know, like, how is this game being played? How is it being mm-hmm. shown off? Like, is it a third-person game? Like, yeah. nobody knows anything. Well, that was yeah. sort of the point of the teaser trailer too. It's, like, mm. more of setting an atmosphere and um, pushing the antagonist and showing that, like, hey, this is the guy that it's going to focus on. I'm not going to say anything more, just like, this yeah. is the guy you're going to be around. <laughs> like, this is the yep, atmosphere, yep, yep. I hopefully, we're going to set for the rest of the game. So, But there, there's plans to release a more gameplay-focused trailer in the future. I mm. just don't know when that is going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. And, and with the trailer, did you... Did you storyboard it, and and how was it kind of working with the audio? Because obviously there's voiceover and that kind of stuff. Was it a a kind of collaborative process to to put together? Okay, this frame, and then this frame, and then this person's narrating this. Mm. Or, what was that like? <clears throat> so the first thing I did was writing the um, the dialogue for for the antagonist, and I kind of like wrote down what keywords needed to be. Um, pushed a little bit more. Mm. Um, but Frederick did such an amazing job. He understands the antagonist so well that, like, he's... Um, what do you call it? Like, he takes... Um, initiative? Yes. He takes such great initiatives to, um, cert- like, how he pronounces things that just... Mm. It just worked so well. So, I wrote the, the, the monologue. I guess it's... It's rather a monologue than a dialogue. Um, first, and sent it to him, and he uh, he had his take, and he sent it to me. And then, um, during that time, I also took like slow shots from because all of the shots are in engine, like they are in game. Um, so there's no like actual pre-rendered or stuff like that. Like all of those shots are in the actual game itself. Um, and I just showed him like the the atmosphere of the house and stuff like that. I showed him the shots um, and how I was um, how I wanted it to kind of uh, play out. A lot of those shots are just slow moving camera panning over a scene or something like that. Um, and I, we got the um, the photos on the wall about all those lovely serial killers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. kind of tied together with what he's saying uh, in his mm. monologue, how, like, the world is sick because there's people like me and showing off the examples on the wall and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I showed it to him and I put... Um, I've rendered, like, a video completely with no sounds or anything to him. And just put the voice acting on top of it. And I rendered a video, I sent it back to him. And he then orchestrated the music custom mm. for that video. And he, I, I just absolutely love what he managed to do. Like, he's so good at what mm. he's doing. And he's just setting up the atmosphere perfectly of how I wanted it to be. And it's just like, yeah, there wasn't too much work, really. I wrote the yeah. monologue. He recorded it. I put together a little quick render of how I sort of wanted it to be. 
send it back to him. He added music to it and he's just like, yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's the teaser yeah. trailer. And That's yeah, a really good flow. Like back and forth, back and forth, revision, you know. That's really awesome. Yeah, you kind of you kind of have to do that because, like, mm. if if there's only two people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So prior yeah. to um, uh, the game jam where this originated from, were you making horror games before? Um, did you have an interest in horror games, or is this a new territory for you? Uh, it's not really a new territory for me. Um, so I've always loved horror games, um, and during my uni. We, um, <clears throat> I set together with two other people, like an idea for a very, very, there was supposed to be a very short little horror game that was, um, uh, based on the, um, do you guys know about the SCP Foundation? Mm. The, um, uh, I keep I thinking secure, what that stands for. Yeah, Secure, Protect and Contain, I think it is, and it's like this What's online that? document, um... Uh, is there a good description of it? You SCP. kind of have like the different, uh, like SCPs are different, uh, like monsters or aliens. Yeah. And, um, oh, like- right. I think I've heard of this. I have heard of this actually. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So uh, have you guys played Control? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's the less play, isn't it? it? That's yeah, yeah, Control yeah. is very, very based on it. I'm pretty sure that's that right. they were like, oh, wow. Uh, so that's the SCP Foundation. And there was one of the SCPs in there that I was, like, so in love with him. And this, there's this staircase that just leaves, like, that keeps going. This dark, damp staircase that just keeps going into darkness and lights doesn't really work as intended down there. And it's really creepy. And I was just like, oh, I want to make a game like this. And mm. it was supposed to be, like, my own little idea for exactly that it was supposed to be as that scp entity um you going down the staircase and creepy stuff happens but as a stupid student uh year two uh those ideas just kept growing and growing and um yeah, yeah uh, just uh, have scope, no idea scope what creep. scope is. Yeah. It's just like, no, 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 we're going to have everything. It's going to be Could an MMO. It's going to be... Yeah. <laughs> no, but like... <clears throat> it's, there's a relationship um, mechanic. There's a driving Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Dialogue trees and yeah. passive trees and yeah. like everything. <clears throat> uh, no, but like the, the idea grew into something bigger. And with that, I kind of like recruited more people. <clears throat> and eventually um we got to the point where um oh, what's it called it's like the final thing you do in a year or you show off the thesis or like the assignment. not the actual thesis um it's usually a little bit more um relaxed it's basically you get a like chance to show off yeah, it's like it's like a final presentation of, of everyone was forced to do a project and then like yep, work yep, yep. together with people along um, dissertation. No, yeah, like um, mm-hmm. <laughs> English right. final final Ugh. final project penultimate. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, the, yeah for yeah. for the second year, yeah. and we um, we made this game um, that was something different, but originated with that SCP um, and we called it 
stairs because short. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know why we chose. I like the name for it for some reason. Mm. Um, short, straight to the point. It's just stairs. Um, so uh, that's, I guess, where my horror game development started. And we were lucky enough. I actually back then sent an email to Markiplier, uh, just hoping. <laughs> just like, hey, I've actually been watching your stuff for a while now, and just like, yeah, yeah I've, we've been doing this project now because back then he was doing a lot of like indie horror yeah. stuff, um, and yeah, we made something that we called the Stairs Pre Alpha Demo, <clears throat> and um, it just exploded in popularity. Oh. Oh, wow. I we managed to get so Markiplier. We were at, we went out to the pub one day, and then one of our like classmates just like, dude, <laughs> Markiplier played your game. It was just like, oh, are that's you awesome. Absolutely, <laughs> you're shitting. <laughs> like, oh my god! And because oh, well, he Nine played years ago. it, yeah, and because he played it, other big YouTubers played it. I. PewDiePie played it, even oh. though I wasn't the happiest with his playthrough, but, like, he played it. So, like, the millions and millions of people noticing the game yeah. was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> We're on a gold money, boys. And it's just like... <laughs> so, at that point, when everyone noticed that, like, oh, wow, this... People were really liking this game. Like the end of Markiplier's video is probably something that is one of the the biggest achievements. Hearing him say those words, like he's really, really positive about what he experienced with that uh, demo, and that is really one of the top things for me. And because of this, we got into the uh, Swedish Game Awards, which was back wow. then only focused around students. Uh, game mm. dev students uh we got there uh we were uh, what do you call it not qualified uh we we applied to be in the um narrative uh part of it and i was surprised that we even got in because like uh i have not written much and i come from a carpenter background <laughs> so it's yeah. just like english and all of that sort of stuff it's just like not my strongest side um so yeah we got to the swedish game awards we didn't win it but like just that experience at all just going to stockholm and how professional uh, they set up that entire thing was just absolutely beautiful really uh, so you it was the, quite uh, the experience. You were the creative lead on it. I'm just looking at the credits now. And there's a pretty big team there. That's Yeah, we were, if I remember correctly, like eight or nine people. And then, they, and then you've got uh, vo like a lot of voice actors as well, which is really cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And those were people from... Oh, for the, for the pre-alpha demo, mm. they were people from around the uni <laughs> who well. just really wanted to. Um but yeah, because of all of that hype that started, of course we thought like, okay, now we need to actually do something with this. And uh, after uni, 
we started working on it, I think, just a couple of months after that. Like, okay, let's make this into an actual full release. And um, we worked on it. After uni, we stayed and lived in the same town, all of us. Um, uh, For a little while, we uh, basically lived off noodles and stale bread (laughs) (laughs) most of the time. Um, We managed to actually get a publisher to help us out economically. And when you're eight to nine people... The amount of money that we got was basically, ah, here's money for like two more months yeah. <laughs> of development. And it's just like, oh, oh no. Oh. Um, but we, we plowed through. We had some horrible times. We had some good times. Um, and <clears throat> eventually we released it. And mm. nobody really cared oh, <laughs> because wow. the hype was dead and oh, nobody wow. remembered it. And a lot of people were like, oh, stairs, it's that demo game, right? So a lot of people flood to the pre-alpha demo rather than the full wow. release game. Um, so that was a little bit <laughs> sad, I guess. Here's a, here's a question. What have you learned from that that yeah. you're gonna that you're gonna like put uh, change with uh, part of artifacts? It's such uh, a unique experience. Oh yeah, that. that's it, very it's, unique. It's yeah. very hard to do anything really because like we we worked our asses off to make sure that the game would like come out as quick as possible to like ride this wave um, of hype. But like in the end. Like, we were still an indie studio. It's the first game ever for our team and a lot of the people in the team. It's just, like, we don't have the money for marketing or anything like that. And while we tried to reach out to various YouTubers and streamers and stuff like that, they were not interested (laughs) in the game, I guess. There Mm. were one YouTuber streamer, Pro Jared. Um, I need to shout out. It was wonderful playthrough of him. Um, so a little bit of a uh, like oh, most Jared, of them. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I know that name. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's very rare for me to know these ones. <laughs> yeah. So like, while while we, I think. It's hard to be like to think of anything that I would do differently mm. because I'm so sure like there's so much luck because sending an email to a big YouTuber and yeah. expecting a response today is just like how the odds of them even like reading mm. it today is so slim that like and, and people should uh, still do it. Mm. Yeah, it's it, it's it's there's there's companies popping up to act as the middle person between the two. Like they're putting them mm. on this pillar, uh, this altar that goes like, no, no, you don't communicate with them. You communicate with us, and we'll communicate with them. Like they kind of facilitate yep. this alienation of these. And it's apparently what they were saying was it was like it doesn't even once they hit like maybe a hundred subscribers or a thousand subscribers, they're like, nah, I can't be contacted directly. You need to. I'm represented by someone now. You need. To oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, do something differently. Um, absolutely, this time would be to uh, 
just be more active on social media, mm. really. Mm. I've been trying really hard. Uh, it's a bit tricky when you don't have much to show <laughs> because you don't want yeah. to reveal too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just be active on local things like the AGD Discord and just mm. be like, be around people um, physically, not just <laughs> online, mm. on forums and stuff like that. But like, yeah. That's what are I've been you, trying to do more now, be more active on social media platforms and stuff. And with um, Partum Artifacts being picked up by a few streamers already, is that is that worrying you? Because do you see that as a repeat of history of what happened before? Uh, yeah, I feel I'm a little bit worried about that. But at the same mm. time, it never got to the point where it was the big, big streamers or YouTubers that played it. Um, the biggest problem... <laughs> a scare that I got is that when I put it up on itch.io, it was just called Partum Artifacts. And when I noticed that people started to be like actually looking into it, I was just like, oh no, it's going to happen <laughs> again, isn't it? Like I don't even have like the pre-alpha thing standing in front of it or anything. It's just like, oh no, people are going to think this is the final result. So um, yeah. I had to be like, oh, okay, no, no, no. This is this is part of my artifact, and with big capital letters, like the game jam version and stuff like that. Like I had to really yeah. type it in and make it clear that, like, no, this is not finished. This is just a game jam thing. Um, and then eventually, when I know noticed that, like, okay, I'm gonna go full out with part of my artifacts. Mm. Um, I was just like, you know what? you guys are not going to be able to download it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I've actually taken down the download option for Partum Artifacts now on itch.io. That's so good, yeah. just to make sure that like, you know what? Uh, I I don't want the risk of a big, big YouTuber or whatever mm. to um, pick up something that is not actually the product that I'm working on. And then be like, eh, I had my fair share of experience of that game. I don't want to pick mm. it up again. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's the difference. Um, mm. I need to make sure that nobody can play it. Can play <laughs> yeah. it anymore, yeah. It's <laughs> such a unique learning experience. Like, you would not yeah. think you'd want to actively discourage people picking it up early. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. But e even that in itself, like, that's that's... That's really good experience to have just generally because a lot of people in Adelaide, um, you know, us included, like we haven't had that kind of success with, with games and to, for you to have gone through it and, you know, on a previous project and actually gone through the process of getting a publisher, releasing the game um, and just having that understanding that you, you know, it, it spiked when you um, had the, the initial demo and then later on it didn't do so well. That's that in itself, like that's just something you have to go through to, to really learn. And it's something that's really unique. Like I, you don't see it much in Adelaide, I would say. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm extremely lucky to have mm. <laughs> had all of that uh, popularity at all. Like mm, um, mm. it's not that I'm sitting here being grumpy and <laughs> like the, yeah, no, the no. world is hates me. And <laughs> that's where, this, <laughs> that's where part of Artifix came out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, this is, this is actually me. <laughs> These are my thoughts. <laughs> so no, it, it's been great in that sense. Um, mm. But of course, it's like, I wish that big spike of hype would have been resulting in direct mm. like 
sales. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> but like, yeah. unfortunately, that's not the case. But I feel a lot better with part-time artifacts because the hype is not as enormous as it was. Mm. Like that was that was uh, pretty insane when it came to to stairs and the pre-alpha demo. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, well, what would be your your piece of advice to people? Um, oh God, to, um, to developers coming in, or you know, whether it's indie developers, people working on horror games, whatever it is, you know, people that want to kind of jump in or um, want to release their end game. I think one of the things that I've taken with me now, um, especially as a solo dev is something that people will most likely know already, but like play to your strengths. Um, If you're making a project, don't try to make it something that you know that you're going to have to spend six months just to learn the basics for Mm. in order to like, if there's a very um, complex mechanics that you want to implement in your game and going to be the focus um, if you're alone, that is gonna eventually discourage you to keep working on on your game, unless you are very hype about just constantly failing. <laughs> um, but like, it comes uh, when I say play to your strength. It's also about motivation, uh, because motivation and keep working is it's so hard when you've been playing the same thing for months and months, hundreds of times, to keep that like um, motivation and hype for your own game, it just it slowly fades away if um, if you're working too hard on like something that might be really tricky. So you're playing to your strength in that sense for me has always been okay, things are not working out with the mechanics as I wanted or this scripted event is just looking absolute trash right now. Mm -hmm. Um, What I like to do then is just like, okay, let's do something that I enjoy and I know that I'm actually pretty decent at, which is usually level design or like setting up scenography and cinematography and stuff like that uh, and then work on that for a while. Just like, uh, you know what, I can't make this, um, this... Um, animation look any good I'm just gonna make this room look really creepy and eerie and like set the atmosphere up really great for this room in the game instead for like Mm. today for the rest of the day I'm just gonna do that because like okay progress is being made of in the game I'm working on something that I really enjoy and then when I got my spirit back up through that then I can go back and be like, okay, fresh eyes. Let's see why is why are these animations so bad? Why is this sound sounding so awful? What did I do wrong? So I think it's important to be like know where your strengths are and use them as a backup when you're failing or doing yeah. bad at your other areas. Um, and it's uh, I think that's like a piece of advice I would I would like to give. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's perfect. Play to your strengths. Yeah. Play to your strengths, and um, as you said, take a step back, uh, look at it with fresh eyes. It's no, that's that's something we all definitely need to do. Mm. 
And oh. also, um, just when it comes to motivation in general, I do just want to point out that like being part of a community that actually shows interest in what you do is so extremely mm. important, at least for me. So mm. like the AGD Discord, for example, is just like, it's so wonderful to be able to just be like, hey guys, I've done this thing. I don't know what I really think about it. But then you're like just flooded with feedback, real feedback, like mm. not just encouragement, but just like, I we think this and this and they have constructive feedback and just being really nice to you. That stuff just gives you that extra lift to keep on working every now and again. Um, I do want to give a little shout out to the ones that I'm part of in, in, um, when it comes to discords, and that's AGD, of course. Absolutely beautiful community. Um, I am a big fan of Day9 uh, and his Discord. Um, the game dev section there is extremely supportive, really great people there. And then as a final little shout out is the Senscape, the um, the devs for um, Scratches and Asylum, the guys who hosted the Adventurous Game Jam where this came, came to be. Um, there's so many great people from various like um, skill sets uh, yeah. in that Discord. And they've been so supportive of me and my work for years now. And like, I guess this is a little open invitation for people who are indie game devs. Uh, any of these discords would just, well, I guess the AGD is a little bit more focused around Adelaide, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the other two, <laughs> if you're not from Adelaide, mm -hmm. are very, very open uh, to new members and we are there to support each other. And it's so important to have uh, communities like that when you're uh, creating a game because I guess um, real actual companies you got your communities inside of them yeah. but as an indie dev as a solo dev you don't really have that so you need to create them somewhere else you need to mm -hmm. be part of that community and I think that's very important too yeah that's perfect sure. We we gotta have you on again when uh, oh. when you're ready. With uh, I don't absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be on again. This was this was great. Ah, oh, you're you're a you're a pot of knowledge, my friend. This, is, yeah. this oh, has been awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, where can where can everyone uh, follow you? Where can we uh, see the game? So, um, so I'm mostly on Twitter, really. Uh, and I go under the tag at SweeChefJoakim. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also Partum Artifacts, which is at Partum underscore Artifacts on Twitter. That's usually where I hang out. Um, I don't really know what else. <laughs> yeah. I'm, all, and then, I'm always on Discord, but like... Yeah, yeah. Discord. <laughs> and uh, Partum Artifacts is available to wishlist on Steam. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That little detail too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for shouting that one out. <laughs> oh, <you're welcome. laughs> no, thanks so perfect. much. Thanks so much. Chef. Yeah, and thank you. It was great. Great to be here.